Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Friday Night Mics. I'm Mike, and with me is Sarah. Hello. So uh, before we uh, get into the podcast, I guess we probably should mention that we're now at, what, the three-quarter mark of the season, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is episode 16, 17? 18. I think it's 18. Oh, my God. <laughs> Right. So yeah, we're we're almost finished this season. That's crazy. Right. So yeah, it's been nuts. Um. So this episode is really really amazing. Uh, I mean, I, I I love this episode a lot. I think there's a lot of really great stuff going on here for a lot of different characters, and um, they up up end a lot of tropes that we see play out uh, in movies and TV shows. So, uh, and we'll get to some of that here in a little bit. So, but really quickly, what did you think of this episode in general? This is officially my favorite episode. (laughs) It was wonderful. Like there was so, so much richness in what was going on with each character and everything about Matt Julie and Julie's parents is phenomenal. The way it's written and played out, incredible acting, incredible writing. Right. It really is great. It Ah, there's just so much there. Okay, look, what's great of all the th- there's so many great things about this show, but one of the things that I really enjoy is how the writers can take moments and we think we know exactly how they're going to play out. And they don't play out that way. Yeah, absolutely. Right? They upend, like I said, the tropes and some of the conventions. And even the way in which we get from point A to point B. and Just the journey to get there. you know, Or even the starting off point. You know, for instance, uh, you, have, uh, you have Julie, right? And it, she's the one that initiates the conversation about sex. It's not, it's not Matt, right? It's not Matt like pressuring her or telling her that he wants to have sex and that he thinks they should. It's Julie. And so it's really, really nice to, to get that where it's the, it's the female who's actually being the aggressor in the situation as opposed to the guy. Yeah, but... I definitely think it was her mind kind of like having a bit of a panic attack, you know, thinking like um, what happened like when they were having a fight and, you know, hanging going to parties and he's a football quarterback. I think she kind of feel like this was, it was, she was obligated, you know, after so many weeks of dating a quarterback, that this is what they had to do. Okay. Yeah. Now I want to get into a conversation about this, but before we do that, let's take a, a step back because- <laughs> Um, let's kind of run through the very basics of this episode in terms of where we're at. So this is season one, episode 18. It's titled, I think we should have sex. It's been direct. It was directed by Allison Liddy Brown. And I, I really like that the director was a woman because I feel like an episode that has such strong and powerful themes and, where the relationship between Tammy and Julie is maybe the strongest aspect of the episode, the strongest component out of everything that we see in this episode. It's, I think, good to have a female director here because I feel like she can bring a sense of nuance to how she's shooting these scenes, especially with such strong female characters on the screen. Yeah, like you can definitely, it really felt like we were looking at it from different eyes. And just the way it's shot, like they're, she's, the way they're capturing like their faces, it's capturing like, I don't know, just a whole new innocence in such a heavy subject. And it's, uh, it was just really great. The filming, the acting, like Tammy, like, oh my God, I'm so in love with Tammy. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, this this is really a standout performance from from everybody. Tammy, um, well, Connie Britton uh, is an actress. 
Amy uh, Teagarden, just really, really wonderful stuff. This is probably her best episode of the show so far. Without, I think without a doubt. I think she really does some really nice work here. Um, a combination of this naivete mixed with a, a brashness, a boldness, um, but then also fear, doubt. You know, mixed all together, you know, all these emotions kind of ripple across her face at various points in the episode. Um, there's a lot of, I think, feigning of being, I think, I don't know if courageous is the right word, uh, pushing forward with what she thinks is the way a relationship needs to go. Uh, but but the point is, this is really excellent work from her, and I applaud her for it. But Tammy, I mean, Connie Britton, uh, this is amazing. It's just really great work. This is Emmy-worthy episode right here. This is the kind of work that gets you a statue. Yeah, absolutely. This, yeah, can, we can't see it over and over again. Like The acting from these two girls was just these two women, I guess. It was fantastic. Right. Um, so let's start off this episode uh, in, in trying to dive into how we get to the main crux of what this is all about. Because obviously, the whole Julie, Matt, Tammy, and to a lesser extent, Eric kind of mashup of their storylines, it, it's definitely plot A in this episode. It's the main thread that runs through and then everything else is you know plot b plot c that kind of thing uh, and we'll get to the plot b and plot c stuff uh you know we'll get to that later because it's not the most important thing obviously so this all starts off with matt and julie they're making out in his bedroom mm-hmm. right so they do this whole thing uh, she's exiting because obviously her parents are there they're honking on the horn they're walking out of the house and he's starting into this like he thinks he's going into this conversation where they're gonna talk really quickly about maybe doing this again and and where can we do this and when can we do this again and she just comes right out i think we should have sex right like 10 feet from her mother right and and he just he's flabbergasted Right. He's just he can he finishes his sentence because he doesn't know what to say. Uh, I actually felt really bad for Matt because uh, you could have punched him in the face and it would have the same reaction. (laughs) You know, he just like, what? What? He looks so dear in the headlights. Well, yeah, because, you know, that's not the thing you expect to hear. You know, Uh, like nothing would have prepared him for that comment coming from Julie, you know. Nothing. So like, poor guy. <laughs> and she's just like, "Yeah, we think we should do this. So let's uh, let's get on that." And walks away. <laughs> and he's just and, and Tammy's like, "Hi, Matt." And he's like, "Hi, hi, hi, Coach, Mrs. Mrs. Coach." Coach. <laughs> right. I love that. I was like, "Oh, he's so cute." <laughs> and yeah, it's just it's great because you know, obviously, he's not thinking of anything but sex and julie at this point he just doesn't know what to do (laughs) um yeah so that's kind of how things get started here and then the way and this is really great because we've seen tv shows we've seen movies where you know a parent catches you know their daughter or the daughter's boyfriend you know buying condoms it's not like we haven't seen that before but the way they do it it's like she just glimpses Matt right over at the condom section with Landry, of course, giving yeah, more Landry. terrible advice. But yeah, because <laughs> giving him an ancient condom used by the Egyptians, no doubt. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, because if we if we kind of take a step back, they're at they're at the uh, uh what is it, the ice cream yeah, place. Yeah, uh, his work, they, the ice cream shop or whatever. Right. And uh <laughs> Landry gives him this old condom from probably like five years old or something i mean ridiculous they have expiration dates laundry right and yeah 
So then you have uh, Smash who <laughs> grabs it with a pair of tongs. <laughs> the tongs you use to pick up food. <laughs> like, and he shoves you... it in the trash. And <laughs> on one hand, I'm like, yes, you shouldn't touch that with anything but tongs. But at the same time, you shouldn't touch them with the tongs. Not it... with the food tongs. Right. <laughs> Come on. Please wash them. <laughs> God knows uh, what's in Landry's wallet. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't want to know. But anyway, uh, so, but beyond that, that cringeworthy moment using the tongs, you know, Smash then explains to Matt, look, you need to, to know when this is going to happen. You need to know where it's going to happen. You have to plan all this out. And yes, you need to go get fresh new protection. Good advice and, from Smash. <laughs> right. Um, again, still using third person, but that's okay. It's Smash. It's <laughs> how he rules. So then we go on to the next scene, which, of course, is the scene where they're shopping. Lantry's like, well, you don't have to worry about using magnums, da-da-da, you know. <laughs> Being a dick and not helpful. Right. Uh, and that's when Tammy, who's just kind of doing some probably small shopping and, and she's trying on sunglasses, sees the in the reflection of the mirror. That's where Matt and Landry are standing there looking at all the different condoms that they can buy. I cringed so hard. Right. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they grab a box, walk away, and she walks over, knowing full well what they were looking at, and her fears have been confirmed. So then that takes us to her sitting on the couch, and you can tell she's probably been sitting there for the last three hours thinking of the, nothing but Matt, Julie, condoms. You know? Yep, my kid. And I love, love that she didn't, like, when she got in the door, she didn't, like, ask her, like, vague questions. She just cut right to the chase and just said, so I saw Matt, you know, buying condoms today. <laughs> and the, the and I love the fact that they shot Julie the way they did. Her face comes into frame and she stops. And the look on her face is, I mean, if there's an oh shit moment or a look, a no shit look on a girl's or a, I guess a guy's face too. I mean, this is like it right here. I mean, she knows. Yeah. Oh no, I, 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 you know, what do you, th what do you do? Like, what do you do in a moment like that where you've been told by your mother that you are aware, or she's aware that your boyfriend is is shopping for condoms? Yeah, and like. <laughs> It's just, it's all oh, you can't say like oh they're not for me because that's way worse and and just as bad on the parents part if they are for you and like my first thought when I saw like Matt getting condoms like and seeing Tammy like oh shit and then I think of like what Eric would do and like oh shit don't let Eric know <laughs> right and and initially Julie says no. Like, she doesn't know anything about it. Do you know anything about this? She says, no. And Tammy says, well, you know, either he's buying them for you or he's buying them from another girl. So Either way, you know, it's not looking good. Right. What's going on? And that's when Julie turns around. And she knows she has no choice in this moment, but she has to be truthful. And so she does finally admit um, we're not having – because Tammy says, are you having sex? And she says, no, but we're thinking about it. Yeah. And and Tammy she pauses. She's taking this information in. And on one hand, she's probably thankful that they haven't had sex. But your daughter's just told you that they're thinking about it. She and her boyfriend are thinking about having sex. And I love this. half freak out, half intimate conversation between yeah. mother and daughter because yeah. – Go ahead. Well, Julie smirks because Tammy describes it as making love, right? Yeah. And Julie no smirks. No kid wants to hear right. that. <laughs> no, it – it it sounds to a lot of kids. It sounds old timey, yeah, old fashioned, mushy, right? Gushy. Right, and given 
Julie's opinion on sex and, and losing your virginity and everything. It's like the worst words that you can use. But anyway, she smirks and Tammy's reaction, oh, it's so amazing. She just, I don't know how, it's like the, it's like being slapped across the face and she's upset and her voice just rises like, don't, don't you do that to me. You know, don't you dare smirk like that. You know, like this is serious and it, it's just, it's so, oh, it's so well done. I, I, I don't even know how I can describe it to do it justice for people that have, I mean, I, hopefully if you're listening to this podcast, you've watched the episode and therefore, you know, full well what we're talking about, but <laughs> yeah, what we're gawking it, over. Right. But if you if you haven't, and for some reason you're listening to these you know, episodes, uh, this reaction from her, it's just like the worst fears of her life have been, <laughs> well, not life, but, but, you know, I think as a parent, the, the day that you find out that your son or daughter is having sex or that they're thinking about having sex has to be one of the most frightening days of your life. And it's been coming. You know, at some point it's going to rear its ugly head and it just happens to be with Tammy that this is the day that she has, you know, found this, this out and probably a lot sooner than she thought she would ever have to confront this possibility. 15. That's so young. You should not be thinking about that. But I love Tammy's words. Just, you know, to be sure about what you're doing, like, or you're good. If, you know, if something, make sure he's the one, make sure you're in love or else, you know, you could end up, you know, cynical and hard and, and jaded by the, by the experience when it should never be something like that. Like, I swear to God, like, I am going to record <laughs> this clip just so when I have this talk with my future daughter, I can refer to this. Like, it's so perfect. Right. With Tammy, I think... She is terrified. I don't think it's about, look, I mean, sure, getting pregnant is always a fear. You know, STDs are always a fear. Uh, that's something that could happen to anybody. But I don't think it's as much about that as, I don't think Tammy is ready to be the mother of a sexually active daughter. No, I and I think she's also talking from like a place where she's been through, you know, she herself went through, you know, probably in the wrong manner. Like she didn't go the way that she wants Julie to go about this. No, it's fair. And I got that sense too. I mean, when she was saying about how, you know, you can be, you know, degraded, you can be yeah. uh, cynical and hardened and everything. I, I felt like it was from the point of view of somebody who had gone through that. Yeah, exactly. And Julie is very blasé about sex. She's like, oh, it's just, you know, one person putting one part into another body part and, you know, like very mechanical about it, just like insert this in here and get this yay whatever it's not there's no sense of this being anything more than just this mechanical thing that people do yeah zero emotion to it right it's a very cavalier attitude towards it and i i was trying to figure out as i was thinking about this episode why she would think this like what are what are the things that have caused her to think this way i mean she has two parents who obviously have an amazing relationship that she probably wants to model her own relationship and and possibly you know far down the line uh, maybe her own marriage off of you know these two wonderful parents of hers who have a strong healthy marriage and they are loving parents. Sure, they're strict in their own ways, but they are wonderful parents. I could see having a very dysfunctional family or dysfunctional parents, how you you might take on some of 
these viewpoints if you don't have someone who's teaching you things the right the right things um so how how does a girl suddenly just adopt this attitude that sex is just nothing important to me let's just get it over with let's get the virginity out of the way let's get you know let's get the good times going you know like how does that happen i think it's part of the smart nerdy girl side of her that's uh, analytical and you know wants to like, even she was telling talking to tyra about you know this is her chance to you know record data and take notes and you know get it right the first time and i think she's going about it the way that this is an experiment to her like it's not how a normal person would view the experience as you know an emotional deep moment of connection she's like viewing it as like a science experiment almost right and and tyra even to her credit she tries to convince julie to not do it without you know preaching at her right she just says look you don't have to do this yes being a good friend right and it's great to see that you know tyra gets a reputation and she gets uh a lot of hell and a lot you know for the choices that she makes but in this instance she knows from personal experience yeah right And and look, we've seen it. Look at early in the season, right? When she met that guy at the, you know, that came to the restaurant and the oil field guy. I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest. I mean, she's what? 16, 17, maybe, maybe 17. You know, that guy was in his twenties, you know? Um, It's not so bad if you're, 19 20 21 years old but you know when you're 16 years old 15 16 years old and the guy that you just met is 25 26 eh, that's a little creepy you know (laughs) so so she had she knows what it's like to wake because remember she woke up in the bed in that episode towards the end and she thought that he had left now he didn't he had just gone out to get breakfast Sad, but you saw yet you, you saw the look on her face it was a combination of self-pity self-hatred um and just i don't know yearning for something good to happen to her and it hadn't and so she knows like i mean that's just one experience but you you know you get the sense that she's had a few experiences that have not gone the right way and so she's trying to convince julie without preaching to her that you don't have to do this all you just have to look at it in a different light and realize that you don't have to do this right now there is a time and a place for this and it doesn't have to be tonight yeah yeah she was really great about it and Tammy's got to give Tyra props sometime in this season. <laughs> right. Right. So she informs uh, Matt that her mom saw him buying condoms. And of course, that <laughs> freaks him Matt. out. Uh, he's <laughs> he just like his eyes bug out and he's like looking left and right. He's like thinking that, know? right, you know, that Eric's going to just come out of nowhere and just cold cock him. I mean, which I would understand, I guess, you know, being a guy, if my father or my, if I had a daughter, I think I'd, I probably would be, you know, protective uh, as well. But I don't, at the same time, I don't think I would be trying to run anybody over <laughs> or anything, but uh, I could Depends see Eric. <laughs> right, true. Yeah, that that's true. So anyway, he kind of freaks out about it. He asks if he told coach and she said that, you know, my mom won't, won't tell him. She promised she wouldn't. So he kind of lines everything up. There's, you know, a cabin that one of the football players, uh, probably their parents have this cabin up in the woods. So they have it all set, the time and the place and all that. And uh, so he gets up there. He gets inside the cabin and there's just animal heads everywhere. It's like it's the worst. trashed. I mean, it's terrible. 
it's reminded me of the antler room from Hannibal. <laughs> right. Right. Like, that's not romantic. Right. That's not where a... you do kill people. <laughs> yeah. It's not romantic at all. It, and he does his best to clean it up. He does a pretty admirable job. She gets all ready. She gets ready and she comes up. Uh, Tyra drops her off. She he opens up the door and she's like, "Hi, da da da." So let's uh, let's get on to the sex and like this is just just plowing forward, right? <laughs> let's get this thing over with. He's just like, "Okay." <laughs> right, and at this point, you can tell like, he's on board. Like he's come to terms with with what's going down, and he's like, "Look, if this is what she wants, um, okay, I'm I'm game. I'll give her whatever she wants." <laughs> right. Right. So they're making out, right? But something continues, like something seems to be causing her to stop and point things out, right? So first of all, the the deer head, like the deer's looking at her and it's (laughs) just, it's judging her. So he covers it up with, I I believe, a shirt, right? A blanket. And then they're ma- continuing to make out. And then she's like, is, there, is that hot in here? Or is it me? <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah. So then he opens up the window. And they start, you know, so they, she keeps throwing all these things, all these roadblocks. And that's when Matt, I think, finally picks up on the fact that she doesn't really want to do this. She He's really such a good guy. Right. She really isn't ready. And he is such a good guy because he says, look, we don't have to do this. And and this is the moment where it's not about him taking the power. That's not it at all. It's he, Julie started this out by initiating this whole thing. And he is being the good, strong boyfriend by letting her know that they don't have to do this and that he cares about her without this, you know, this isn't an ingredient that matters right now. Yeah, like this is not an expectation he has of her. He just wants to be with her and, you know, have a good relationship and take care of her and doesn't expect her to be like the other football players, you know, girlfriends. And he just wants to, you know, exist with her and spend time with her. Right. And she's surprised. She's like, we we don't. Like she yeah, just she expected so that, happy. right? Like, I feel like, I feel like Tammy's words slowly sunk into her head, right? Maybe even Tyra's, but but I think Tammy's words, it just took a while, <clears throat> to kind of kind of soak into her subconscious, and she realized, I I'm not ready right now. And I don't think she realized until literally they were making out and, you know, inching closer to this moment that it really struck her like, okay, I really don't want to do this, but I don't want to make Matt mad. So maybe if I just, you know, prolong the moment or something, you know, um, or at least prolong it as long as I can. But then Matt does the great thing and says, look, you know, we'll have to do this. This isn't something that's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. And I love, love so much the moment when, um, you know, they're just sitting on the couch and you know, she goes to hug him. He's like, just don't touch me for a minute. Just give me a minute. Here. Right. And she's like, ah, so cute. right. She's like, ah, yeah. uh, it's like, she's like, oh, I, I know what's going on. Here. Okay. Yeah, Roger um, I'll just sit over here for a few minutes. <laughs> Let you uh, cool off. <laughs> right. And uh, so then, they play these games on the floor where they're like, I don't know what that game's called, but where you kind of hook your your legs uh, together to see which one's stronger and get the, like, if you've got the stronger leg, you can press the other person's leg down and win. Um, and so they kind of play this game for for a while. And eventually it appears like they were laying on the couch and they fall asleep and they wake up and, and they realize it's two in the morning. Now, while they've been doing all this, we go back to Eric and Tammy. (laughs) So Eric comes home and she's making dinner. He goes into the bathroom. I think he's got a headache. So he's looking for the uh, aspirin 
and uh, she's like, oh, look here, look there. So he opens up and he sees the garbage bag. And inside is? Uh, the lace leopard print panties that uh, Tyra picked out for her. Right. <laughs> and he goes out. He's like, did you have something special planned for tonight? She's like, well, you know, I was going to make this dinner. And, you know, if you, this headache goes away, you might get real lucky tonight. And, uh, you know, someone was looking to get lucky tonight. It just wasn't uh, who you wanted it to be. Uh, and that's when Eric is like, you know, pulls it out of the, the trash can. He's like, yeah, well, if it's not yours, it's obviously not mine. Why does our daughter have these? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, busted look. <laughs> And she's, she says, you know, I I wasn't planning on telling you this. And the reason why is because I knew you'd fly off the handle. But, you know, Matt and Julia would you know, think about having sex. And it's, you can just see the look on his face. Oh, my God. It's like every father's worst nightmare. Yeah. Like he, like it was literally the first time I ever seen the worried, borderline, scared look on his face. It was it was wonderful, like split second moments acting. Great job on his part, but my god, it looks like his whole world just kind of just like left out of his chest. Right, like it all lurched lurched to the right, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, was that was that an earthquake? Like what happened? You know, it. I think as a as a guy, um, I think daughters are. I think, I don't know, I guess naturally precious and we know what it is to be a guy, right? So we know what it is that they're going to experience when they're in school and just in life in general. And uh, with Eric, he looks out for Julie. It's his daughter. And uh, this is his worst nightmare. This is the moment he, you know, we talked earlier about how Tammy wasn't ready to be the mother of a sexually active daughter and Eric really, really, <laughs> really isn't ready to be the father of a sexually active daughter. And um, it's terrifying for them. It's terrifying because it's a loss of control. It's This is the beginning of the end. This is the moment where Julie is really starting to say, I'm becoming my own person and I'm becoming an adult. No, she's not an adult. She's still half a kid, really. Um, but this is kind of the beginning of her starting to think for herself, really think for herself, make her own decisions in life. And, um, you know, every parent has to let go at some point or begin to let go at some point. And I think Tammy really says that in this episode, too, with Eric. Yeah. Yeah, and I can't imagine the horror that's going through their brains for hours and hours and hours into the night while their kid's not coming home. No, you know, it's a mistake on their part, right? I mean, they fall they fall asleep. Um, And before I get to them leaving, rushing home, and because and, there's some more stuff here, I wanted to make a special mention of an episode of a TV show which reminded me very, very much of this episode. I think uh, I know which one. <laughs> you do? Which episode uh, would that be? Well, this reminds me of the Rory Dean episode where they fall asleep in his patties and Gilmore Girls. <laughs> it, it does. It does remind me of that. However, there is another TV show that has a very similar episode as, as this. Uh, it's on Everwood, and there's an episode literally... I mean, I don't know whether the writers watched that show and just thought that it was a great setup. But if I remember correctly, Ephraim and Amy go to, I believe, Cabin. And I believe it, they were going to, I believe they were going to have sex. And I think they too end up sleeping like late and like rushing, rushing, like home really late or something like that. I, I don't remember everything. I have to go back and check. I, I guess I should, probably should have done that before I mentioned it. But I'm pretty sure that's how it went. It's been a few years since I've seen the episode. But yeah, uh, I think there's a very similar thing that happened on, on Everwood. So I think it's like, you know, teenager 
you know, mentality too. Like, you know, the only place you can really be alone is if you like go to a cabin or camping or something like that. Like that seems to be like the place most virginity gets lost. Well, it's like out in the middle of nowhere somewhere. Like exactly. nobody can see it happen. Um so yeah, they wake up and they realize that it's really, really late. It's like two in the morning. Right. So they get up, they rush, they're driving down the street. Julie says turn the lights out. Like that's gonna make a difference. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, nice like, try. Just like, maybe it'll stop my dad from coming out with the chainsaw. <laughs> right. Or maybe maybe they fell asleep and maybe I can sneak in or something. Oh uh, um, yeah, sure. <laughs> right. So they get up, you know, to the curb, and she's getting ready to get out, and that's when, that's when she gets a few words, which kind of change everything for, you know, forever and ever. It's I, Jolie, I love you. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like my heart and, totally melted. Right, and it wasn't. He wasn't under pressure, right? He wasn't under any kind of strain to see these say these words. He just wanted to say them, and he said them. Yeah, and uh, right, and Julie is totally caught off guard, right? And it it kind of was a great reversal to the beginning of the episode, right? Because the beginning of the episode, she totally shocked Matt with telling him they should have sex, and he was totally flabbergasted and like had no response whatsoever. And it flips around in this moment because it's Matt who's saying something that totally blows her mind and she can't like even comprehend it for a second. I love that. It's it's a nice, it's a nice reversal there. It's a nice symmetry. So she's like, um, me too. <laughs> um, oh, she's, and then she says, Oh, I, I, I love you. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So she gets out of the car and closes it and, She's walking towards the door and like half of her is absolutely terrified to walk in that door. And the other part of her is just totally swooning right now. She just is cloud nine at the moment. Yeah, the boy loves me. Right. So, and uh, a boy loves me and I didn't have to have sex with him in order for him to love me. Yeah. That's just the added perk. <laughs> right. So she gets in the door of course, Tammy and Eric have not slept at all. Nope. And, she, and and Tammy, you can just see from her body language, she stands up. She's ready for the worst. Oh, yeah. Ready right, for but, tears right. and drama. Right. Well, we forgot to mention, I forgot to mention that uh, the reason why they know this is all happening is that Julie was supposed to stay over at a friend's house for studying, right? And whenever... Eric found the panties. He's like, "Where's our daughter?" And she's like, "Oh, they're you know, she's at friend's house." So he call he calls, and she's not there. So of course he's angry. Um, kind of, I don't want to say erupts on on Tammy. That's not the right word, but he's he's mad, and he kind of lets her know, like, you know, find our daughter, find where she, find out where she's at, and. There's also this, this scene before she comes in the door. Um, I think it's when they're still at the cabin where Tammy has this wonderful little monologue where she she and Eric are sitting at the table and she says, you know, I've been a parent as long as you have. I've been, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I don't know how to handle this. You know, I'm, I mean, I, we're just winging it. You know, trying to do the best that we can, you know, and it's true, right? I mean, you do the best you can. That's all you can do. Yep. That's parenting. And and Eric thinks about it for a second and, and he apologizes for, you know, hurting her for, for being so sharp with her. But at the same time, I, I know it's not like he meant it. He's just, just found out his daughter is going to, you know, possibly have sex tonight. So, um, I, I, I think I can I can let him pass on maybe having a not so great moment as a husband just for the fact that um he came home with a headache and I'm sure his headache is a lot worse. <laughs> it's um, now a full blown migraine. Right, right. So yeah. Anyway, so they're sitting on the couch, Julie walks through the door 
And so Tammy stands up. She's ready for her to say something along the lines of, it's over, I've done it, uh, or, or whatever. And uh, thankfully, Julie puts them all at ease. You know, she said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I know that I'm late. Uh, you know, Matt and I fell asleep. And of course, Tammy's thinking, oh, great. Yeah, of course, she fell asleep after sex. And um, she's like, no, 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 no. Uh, we, we, we didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. Nothing happened. Uh, um, you know. And I love that Tammy doesn't say anything. All, all Eric asks, asks um, is, are, are you okay? Did anything happen? Did like did he hurt you or something? You know, like something along along those lines. And Tammy doesn't say anything. And I love this choice by the actor, by the directors, because I think it it kind of would have ruined it a little bit if she had spoken. All she wants is to look at her daughter's eyes and see the truth. And and Julie tells her the truth in this moment but then she thanks her mother for the conversation yeah it was so touching and just and they hug and you kind of feeling like everything's the tension's gone you know they're happy she's okay and nothing happened and that you know she's you know taking this very grown-up you know step like deciding not to do this and you know realizing the the weight of her mother's words. Right. And like I said earlier, that I think it took the words a little while to kind of sink into her head a little bit and kind of work their magic, I guess, if that's the only way I can think of describing it. It just, it wasn't something that was going to affect her right away. She just had to have time to stew on it, to ruminate on maybe the idea that she was looking at it in the totally wrong light. And so I think that's exactly what happened here. Yeah, even though, like, watching that, she's got such the mom tone. Even I'm like, okay, I won't have sex, not for years, I promise. <laughs> like, the words just, like, they, she's got the mom voice so well done. Be like, I'm scared to disobey you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it, it was nice because, as she said to Eric earlier, she said that, um, you know, I want my daughter to always be able to, to be able to talk to me. You know, my mother, you know, told me that it, if a guy ever touched me, I'd go to hell. And obviously that didn't help anything. <laughs> um, and so I'm not going to make the same mistake. And so I like that. It, if Julie would have had sex with Matt that night, Tammy would have been devastated. And I think she would have been angry. But I think as long as Julie could at least be honest with her always, she would take it. Yeah. And and that as long as she can talk to me, as long as my daughter can talk to me and be honest, I that's that's fine. And I think that I think that's what we saw here with her is she was willing to accept it, even though she's absolutely terrified. She's relieved, of course, now, <laughs> but she's just glad that her daughter did actually listen to her. Yeah, yeah, it was wonderful. And yeah, I mean, that was a perfect moment. There was no, like, easy outs or tropes or anything. It was just kind of, you know, original and authentic and organic. It was very perfect. Yeah. Um so that's plot A. I mean, that was really the main crux of this episode. So let's quickly get through plot B and uh, I guess plot C. Uh, so plot B, I think, is really Tim. Tim, this this yep. episode. So uh, with Tim, he and his father have been spending time together, right? Yeah. So I actually forgot, <laughs> even though I've seen this series like three, four times, I completely forgot that his father didn't appear in more than one episode. Yeah, I when this episode started, I didn't expect to see him at all. I thought it would just be like a one-off kind of thing. Right. So they're hanging out at a local bar, and it appears like they've been hoodwinking the <laughs> uh, the local guys. Um, 
so that they they come in with the classic uh um little heist i guess this little plan of theirs where they they're first really really bad they can't play for for shit and then all of a sudden once they start you know betting more money and the pot gets big enough then they turn it around and all of a sudden they're making everything and then they walk away with a bunch of money yep so just kind of hustling them a bit and right. the guy didn't take it very well no and so he's pushing tim around a little bit but eventually the bar owner gets in his face tells him to pay up what he owes and then get out and so you, know, you see like father and son them working together it feels like they're having a pretty good relationship at this point at the most healthy relationship they're both drinking right and gambling like it's not the best father and son activity right so and who's giving tim beers at a bar like look the thing is in texas they don't care too much <laughs> it, it may be bigger cities and stuff but small towns i'm not saying they're all like that but you know some probably just don't care Say you hate football and they'll freaking kill you, but right. hey, give a kid a beer, whatever. <laughs> right. So, so this seems to be kind of working out pretty well for Tim, and he's spending time with his father. It, it seems like he's doing well. He gets out in the football field. You know, he's doing the drills, doing all this, and his father walks up to Eric and says, you know, I think you should be playing my boy more. I think, you know, he's just as good as smashes. Why don't you give him more touches? Eric tries to be the big guy, but politely asking him to step back, go over to the sidelines. And uh, unfortunately, Tim's father is not good with anybody being aggressive to him in any way. And so he's like, oh, what? You you, you think you are like better than me? You're like king around here? Like you think you're better than I am? That was the moment where I'm like, okay, mm, it's probably the last we're going to see of you because your character just took the huge dive. Right. So he does step back, but then he kind of walks away. And we find out from one of the coaches that rushes in, he says, look, the uh, the camcorder is gone. The $3,000 camcorder that was given to them by the, the boosters. It's a big deal. It's a lot of money for a, for a camcorder like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And he says that he saw, well, one of the other coaches saw Tim's father coming out of the AV room. So Eric says, I'll take care of it, goes over to Tim's house, knocks on the door, his father opens up, and he proceeds to essentially say, I know that you stole this, and uh, we want it back. Yeah, I'm thinking just, you know, you know, he gets caught red-handed, he just give it back, no harm, no foul, but... Yeah, Tim steps in, you know, he fully believes his father's a changed man and says, like, you know, he, he did bad things, but he doesn't mean he's a bad person anymore. And, and I guess, you know, Eric just kind of, you know, lets that lie there because, you know, he can't prove anything, doesn't want to get a fight with Tim or his father. So just kind of, you know, steps back and, you know, you know, backs away from the situation. Right. Right, so he tries to extricate himself as much as he can. He didn't know, obviously, yet that Tim was there. And so, you know, Tim, if for somebody who hasn't seen his father for very long, he kind of latches on to his father very quickly and is very, uh, very angry, I think, that, that his coach would come over and essentially accuse his father of stealing. Yeah, very protective, very attached really fast. Right. So uh, he gets up the next morning, Tim does, goes out, says hi to his father, says, I'm going to go out and uh, fix the light on my truck. So he's out there, he's kind of looking around, and I don't think he's looking... I, I don't think he's looking for the camcorder. I think he's just looking for some tools or whatever. And I think he just stumbles on the camcorder hidden over there in the garage and he walks back in the house, sets it down on the coffee table. And, uh, you know, his father 
just, you know, he apologizes without apologizing, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's good at that. And Tim, to his credit, said, you know, you knew this would make me look bad. You knew how bad this was. You knew. And, you know, he kicks him out just like that. Boom. Yeah, his father's such a piece of shit, too. Just saying, like, look how easy it is for me. Just walking out the door. Like, oh, my God. Like, I want... Never wanted someone to get hit by a moving vehicle so much in my life. <laughs> right, right. Oh, how can you say that to your kid? It's just disgusting. Yeah, like, like, look how easy it is for me to walk out of your life all over again. This was easy. Yeah. It was easy. It was easy seven years ago. It's easy today. You know. What a piece of shit. Right. So, this sends Tim into like this downward spiral. Right. He just lost his father again. Um, and so he starts drinking heavily and you could tell he just wants to go and get the shit beat out of him. Yeah. And so he goes over to the bar where he'd hustled with his father, uh, to get, you know, that game. And of course all the money makes it apparent that he's there to fight this guy. And he goes out there and he kind of puts up like a token effort. I mean, not that I think he could could have beat the guy anyway, but he kind of like swings wildly and just doesn't put forth any real effort. He just wants to get the shit kicked out of him uh, just to, to feel the pain just so that it can for a moment block out the anguish that he's feeling in his heart. Yeah, and also probably punishing himself, I'm guessing. Right. So, uh, so he does, uh, but the woman at the bar ends up calling Tyra. And it sounds like this isn't the first time she's had to call Tyra. Right. So then she hops in her vehicle, goes and picks up Billy, and they rush down there. And thankfully, because at this point, this guy has been you know kicking Tim around like a rag doll for probably a good ten minutes. Um, you know, Tim's, you know, bleeding out of his mouth. Uh, he's just, he's in rough shape already. And, you know, Billy gets in there, is able to get the guy off of him and says, Hey, look, this is a kid. And this is just a kid, like a student, you know? Um, and everybody kind of like drifts back into the bar and, you know, they pick him up and, and help him into, you know, the vehicle so they can get him back. Yeah. And before this all went down, Tim had gone to Tyra's work to try and talk to her. Do you think he just wanted someone to talk to or to try and talk him out of that? I think he wanted somebody to talk to. I think he just wanted somebody to that he knew didn't hate him. Uh, that, because I, I think he knows deep down they may not be together, but I don't think Tyra would ever really abandon him fully yeah yeah there's still like a bond there even though there's not a relationship right so so anyway they get him back they get him back and then event he gets up the next i think is it gets up the next day i believe or is it that night i don't remember but anyway he takes the camcorder over to eric knocks on the door and eric opens up and just looks takes one look at his face and it just looks terrible it, he's been knocked around beaten battered right so he asks what happened tim just isn't going to answer <laughs> really but it's he gets right but he gives him you know he gives him the camcorder and says i'll see you at practice on monday and walks away yeah yeah so he's just kind of you know finishing up what his father started cutting off those ties and going back to the way things were right right so that's tim's story um and then we also have jason's story this week so which i i guess i call that c plot um yeah so he's down at the quad rugby he's down i believe was it in dallas and he's driving around with her kirk is just he is in full party mode I love her so much. <laughs> yeah, he's just, I'm out for the ladies. I'm not going to apologize <laughs> for it. You guys are all gorgeous. Uh, I'm going to whistle at you as I drive by. All that stuff. 
Whereas with Jason, all he wants to do is get there and start working his ass off because he he's like, determined to make the team. He wants to prove himself. Right. So uh, they get in there. The coach is not amused that they're late. He, he has them hurry up and get ready. And presumably, you know, they're going to have practice. But before that, they go up to register, right? So Herc is just completely trying to smooth talk this this girl who, I, I guess from the dialogue that you hear after they leave the table, apparently is charmed by Herc and what he said. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Right. So. And the uh, girl that's checking Jason in is just a... Uh... She's just doing her job, and Jason thinks she's doing the same thing the other woman's doing, and kind of brushes her off, saying, "Yeah, I need to get in here quick." And she's like, "It's on the form. Here's your jersey and your stuff." <laughs> like you jerk. Right. So, come on, you can do be a little nicer. It's driving um, me crazy on where this person's from. I'm looking it up right now because. Oh, okay, now I know where she was. She was Fern in Sugar and Spice. Ah, okay. Do you remember that movie? Vaguely. Very oh, vaguely. I, when we were teenagers, I was obsessed with it. Right. Um, so, we have Jason. They have this practice, and then he tries to call and talk to Lila, and Lila hears her talking about a party in the background <laughs> and uh, she's like party i thought you were just gonna be there to to work and jason's like well yeah we are make mostly but you know we can you know we can have a party i guess you know he he's like basically going out with herc because he does not feel like he has a choice anyway like, yeah, herc isn't a... herc isn't gonna let him alone yeah yeah herc's just he's gonna go where herc goes <laughs> Right. So uh, what happens next with this? So I guess they they go to the party and, and Jason apologizes to the girl, right? Yeah. And then they just keep talking throughout the night. And he finds out that she's you know working to be in the business of being a tattoo artist. Which is awesome, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's awesome to have a friend who's a tattoo artist because it's damn expensive. <laughs> right. Right. It is. It's it's really expensive. So, it appears like this girl and Jason seem to be having a good time. They seem like have good chemistry, good rapport going here. And her comes over and tries to break it all up. And <laughs> he's like, oh, "It's time to dance." And he goes away. And she says, "You want to get out of here?" Jason's like, "Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's get out of here." So they go to the tattoo parlor, where it seems like Jason has decided he is going to get a tattoo. Yeah, surprise, surprise. And so ultimately it gets what? Sanskrit. Yes, for the word peace. Right. Because that's what, yeah. Go ahead. Quite fitting for him. It's just, uh, I think she kind of understands immediately what he's like. He told her a bit what he's been through and she just kind of, you know, finds the perfect word for where he's at in his life. Right. So they get in there and. They're kind of just hanging out and all that, and uh, I, I, this is such a small plot this week. I almost wish that they would have just held it all off, but there is more to it. So, because it does tie into some other stuff, but uh, we also have the Buddy Garrity and ugh. yeah, Tyra's ugh, mom. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> so I love this scene with with Buddy and Eric at the. Uh, at the bar is it's he's trying to get some advice from Eric. Eric who wants nothing to do with anything he's saying, especially when he talks about being, you know, unfaithful in his marriage and all that. Yeah, like uh you don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole like that is your problem, not right. mine. Right. Like, my god. So uh he fires Tyra's mom. And just says, right, you know, classy. right, just is like, hey, you know, you'll you'll be fine. Here's like seven hundred bucks. You'll be all right. Pay and, her off like a cheap whore. Right. Just basically send her off on her way. So, yeah, I didn't that like that. Bad. So uh, we get. Uh, well, 
we we get after that scene because her mom is Tyra's mom is devastated and you can see it on her face. She's trying to cheer up her mom, it's not working. They're driving down the road and she like swerves to the left and just goes right up to the curb where the church is at because everybody's at church. And everyone has just let out. And so she just gets out of the truck, storms up, and essentially just attacks Buddy. And Stupid. Right. Just a, yeah. Yeah, attacks I don't him. think it's stupid because it's justified. Yeah, I think she should have done that you know, in front of his wife. That's fine. But at church where his kid is at, I mean, that's just a shitty move. All right. Obviously, she wasn't thinking, and, and there's nothing... There's nothing Tyra could have done, really. No. So, uh, yeah. Um, so with Buddy, obviously, you can see things are, are bad. His wife walks away because uh, she knows what it means. She knows the truth now. And, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of thrown everything into this just chaotic mess. Yeah. It's not going to be fun for Lila for a while. No. She'll be the one that really suffers. Right. So yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else that we want to talk about? Anything that I've missed? Any plot points or character stuff that you know I haven't mentioned? I don't think so. I think we covered everything. Yeah, yeah, we got it all. Okay. Do yeah. you have a heart on moment? Um, I I I liked. I like the scene where Julie got home and the scene between her and Tammy. I love the nonverbal dialogue. I loved the look of relief that that crossed Tammy's face. Um, I just like that Julie, before she went to bed, told her mother, thank you for the talk. Yeah. Knowing full well that that made the difference. Yeah. It like made everything just smooth right over. It was yeah, great of her to say to her mother. Right, right. So I have like little cutesy moments. That's my heart on. It's when it's like in the very beginning when um Julie and Matt are like making out on his bed, and Grandma Saracen comes in and Matt just like falls on the floor, and it's like, did you eat the last of my pudding? Like, <laughs> it's like the most you can any person could see that they were making out and doing something, and he's on the floor. But she's just like, you know, you gotta leave my pudding alone and just like leaves them be. Right. Just <laughs> like, totally so cute. Totally oblivious. <laughs> just yeah. not registering at all. So yeah, anything with Grandma Saracen's like mm, love it. <laughs> it's yeah, pure comedy gold. <laughs> <laughs> so uh what would you rate this episode? to hell with it i'm giving it a 10 <laughs> i feel like i'm giving every episode lately a 10 but it's so a 10 because this is now my favorite episode i mean just i didn't think it could get better than last episode but tammy knocks it out of the park like she just seals the deal on this being like the perfect episode i loved everything i loved matt and julie and their dynamics between you know she wanting to have sex and then at the end where he tells her he loves her and, you know, the communication between Tammy and Eric is wonderful. And, yeah, everything's just great about this episode. And Landry, I, I love Landry so much, but I, I don't understand why Matt brings him everywhere. No, he's, I said at the very beginning of this, this show, he gives the worst advice ever. Always, Please. always the, the worst best. advice bring him to buy condoms like he's the last bring smash <laughs> right at least, at least smash will be able to point you in the right direction as to what brand works best yeah like he's used them landry guarantee you hasn't <laughs> right so yeah um yeah those are great moments uh, there's so many in this episode you really could choose like among three or four uh i know i i chose between three particular moments that i really enjoyed but they were all great <laughs> um yeah i have to give it a 10 by the way because i i forgot to actually you know rate it like i give it a 10 as well because it deserves it it's um i feel like the show is now really hitting its stride over the last like four or five episodes 
it's really finally figured out what it wants to do and it's it's just it's doing it in an insane level right now yeah it's really found the sweet spot and it's sticking to it right so yeah um i guess that's it for this episode unless there's something else you want to talk about i think that covers everything i guess um should probably give you your social media you can find us um at our new website uh freakinggeeks.com it's where we've melded all of our podcasts into one you know umbrella title so it's no longer you know fridaynightmikes.com it's now freakinggeeks.com and um you can reach out to us via email uh, freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com and we're on twitter at at freakgeeksmedia okay Covers uh we're also on patreon so yeah that too <laughs> yeah if you go to patreon uh which uh, helps us it supports the show it helps us do what we want to do and so if you'd like to check that out go to patreon.com slash freaking geeks and uh, you'll be able to see what we're all about and what we have to offer you as a subscriber so check it out and uh, hopefully we'll see you as a patron soon Yes, that right. covers everything. All right. All right, everyone. Well, uh, until next time, everyone have a good time listening to the episode, a good week, and uh, we will see you next time. Should I do our motto? Oh, yeah. I guess we do have to do our <laughs> motto. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Just, nah, we don't need to do it. It's just, it's just the motto. Uh, it's only our send off. <laughs> yeah. All right. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't, can't lose. lose. All right, everyone. Have a good night, everyone. See ya.